0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. St. Paul's is indeed a pleasure to be with you today. My name is the Reverend Dr. Mark Andrew Jefferson, and I bring greetings all the way from Alexandria, Virginia, the home of Virginia Theological Seminary. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be able to share with you this chilly day. It may not be chilly for you, but for my Virginia sensibilities, this is a tad on the cold side, but because I believe in bringing gifts, I brought a little snow to accompany my visit. It's indeed a pleasure to be with you, St. Paul's. I'm grateful to have received the invitation to preach from the clergy of this fine church, and I am deeply humbled. I'm grateful also because you all helped me to do a little work. Our seminary, Virginia Theological, turns 200 years old next year. And so to commemorate such an amazing and unique opportunity in 2018, the dean and president of our illustrious institution, Ian Markham, asked me would I be willing to preach 200 sermons around the world to commemorate this opportunity? Of course I said yes before I did the short math to realize what that would entail. (laughs) And so since October of 2018 to the present and into 2023 2023 next year, I'll be preaching all around the world. And so it has been a tremendous honor to be able to go to Honolulu, Hawaii, and to go to Cape Town, South Africa, and to go to Shadron, Nebraska, Houston, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, to go to Napa, California, to Columbia, South Carolina. And what I can say from my travels in short is that you all are not the only ones seeking to be faithful in these strange times. As we find ourselves cast about through war and rumor of war, pandemic, epidemic, and all types of strife. You all are in good company as you are gathering in God's name seeking to be faithful. And for that, I'm appreciative. So what we're going to do today is that over the course of our three services, we're going to address the three readings today. So the early service received a treatment of the epistle. And you all will receive a treatment of the gospel. And then we will go to Isaiah for the final service. So I thank you all for allowing me to tick three off my belt. So by the time I leave here this morning, I will be at Sermon 174 as we make our way. Daniel, please clap. I I will take it. (laughs) I say all that to say thank you very, very much. For the time that's ours this morning, I'd like to speak to you from this thought. The gift of generosity. The gift of generosity. It seems that much of our national and international conversation over the last few days has revolved around the concept of hair. And because of hair, we have found ourselves discussing all manner of what's going on in popular culture. For those of you who have been so pious as to have been reading the Bible the past week and have not looked up there was an assault on international TV and that assault was in part because one person felt disrespected because of the ill mention of the concept of hair. Hair for us is a very sensitive topic. You would think it would be funny as the bald-headed preacher <laughs> to talk about the concept of hair, but it, Smuggled within this very complex social reality is the larger issue at hand. For hair brings out very sensitive issues in all of us. Issues of presentation, issues of worth, issues of value, issues of who's going to shave my head today? And so these questions of hair led to this large-scale conversation about what it means to be human. This text is no different. For the frustration and the conundrum that we found ourselves in this week and continue to find ourselves in is not necessarily new because this text raises the same issue because a chapter after Jesus removes the stench of death from the body of Lazarus, After Jesus brings his friend back to life, we find that this self-same Lazarus is sitting at a table with Jesus, Martha, and Mary. And this death of Lazarus sets the context for this theme of generosity today. Because it is in this act of Mary, washing Jesus, anointing Jesus' feet with her hair and with this oil, that brought out a response that I think is worthy of exploration. Lazarus was dead. Now he's alive. His sisters, grateful for his presence, are sitting with him and they're hosting Jesus at a meal. This meal is not just any meal because this meal could cost them their lives. If you read in the chapter before, it says that if anybody knows where Jesus is, you ought to turn him in. Because Jesus understood that his time with his disciples was fleeting fast. He knew that those forces of empire, the religious and the political and the economic, began to converge. And they would ask for his life in brutal fashion. Jesus, knowing that, knew he had to disseminate the will of God into these flawed, feeble, and fragile disciples with speed and with, with, and with rapidity. And so now we find that Jesus is sitting with those who he has done so much for. And the response to Jesus's tremendous gift of providing life was twofold. You have Mary who took this expensive perfume that came from the hills of India came from regions of China, and it was brought, and the price of that nard was a lot. So much so that it could be calculated that it could be a year's pay for this perfume. And so Mary, because of her gratefulness, because of the way that God has blessed her and provided life in a world of death, She found it to be only right to give of something so valuable, perfume, but to offer it in such a personal way with her hair. For in that day, hair was considered to be a crown of glory. Hair was considered to be an object of adornment. And so what Mary does is that because of her gratefulness, She's willing to take the richness of her full person, not just her resources, but herself. And she offered that to Jesus. And maybe that is a great place to pause parenthetically today. Because many of us have found ourselves in the grip of death, in the constant sway of uncertainty, and in the rut of the human condition. And what Jesus has done for many of us is that he has lifted us up from our bowed-down position. He has placed us on firm ground. He has given us a reason to live, and he gave us the power for that living. And because we have been blessed with such richness, for how can someone repay resurrection? How can someone repay the gift of God bursting forth in your soul? This gift of God requires us to give more of ourselves. Now, it's hard for some of us to imagine giving more of ourselves. Our job requires so much. Our family requires so much. And if we're allowed to be honest, dealing with ourselves is hard enough. So how can I give more of myself? There's only 24 hours in the day, preacher. But how can we give? It's simple. The things that are off limits are now within limits. The gift of God's graciousness reorders what we think is appropriate. Because for the almighty God to lavish upon us life everlasting, A path to navigate this life, to give us joy, to give us peace, to give us sanctuary. It does not come cheaply, for this same Christ had to lay down his life through the mechanisms of Roman capital punishment to provide for us this measure of God's grace. But then there is this other response. Lazarus. Excited about living. Martha, excited about his living. Mary, excited about his living. And then we find Judas, who's counting the pennies, weighing the cost. And in the face of extreme graciousness, begins to think about the self. Now, it's easy to blame Judas, for he is unable to bear witness. But if I'm allowed to be honest, even in these occurrences where we are faced with tremendous graciousness, the tendency of the human condition is to withdraw, to retreat and to begin to count what it costs to offer our very selves. Now, To be confronted with a God who gives so much, calls our selfishness into account. For a God who withhold nothing to give us everything, and we are faced with that lavishness, we are also called to look at our selfishness. Where's the hope, preacher? Where's the good news? The good news is that if we are willing to lay our metaphorical hair down and to offer that to God as a sign of not just our resourcing, but the humility of ourselves. We can bear a witness in this world that can change everything. If we're willing to offer the fullness of ourself, this church can turn this region upside down and right side up as people are looking for light and darkness, as people are praying for a way for God to burst forth in their midst, St. Paul's can lay his hair down and to publicly anoint the gracious and lavish feet of our Savior to let the world know that there is room for you. As you depart today, my sister and my brother, understand that We've been given tremendous gifts because of Christ's sacrifice. But that sacrifice demands one of our own. What are you willing to lay down at the feet of the Savior to show the world that he's indeed worthy? Amen.